Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. From the Gotham Podcast Studio, Ain't Hard to Tell Podcast, episode 99. Nine, nine. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca. And we haven't in a while had a guest, but we've got a guest here with us. Our guy, Jeff Eisenman. He's the NBA 2K League Insider on Air Talent at MSG Networks. Jeff, what's up, man? I, I didn't realize I was holding down the last double digits here. You know, this is the this is the oh, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. Uh, This is 9-9. Nine, nine. Well, how are you guys celebrating the next one? Oh, the we, century we're, mark. We're, we're still figuring we're that still out. Figuring <laughs> it out. We won't let everybody know how we're, we're doing. But we, you know, we I might li- just have mad people up here. I so like, if you want to come back in a week, <laughs> studio audience. I like people. that you took the value of what you were to this show and being like you're the last nine, the double digit number. Yeah, is that, that's his story. It's a mark. It's it a is mark. a mark. Yeah. absolutely. It man. is. A lot of people. I keep saying this, and I've been saying this since we got to like fifty. A lot of people don't get this far in podcasting. That is true. So like I, I know people that have started a podcast and stopped after 14 episodes, and they're at big networks. Yeah, wonder who you talking about. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse, you're doing you're doing good, man. Um, we wanted to have you up here for some time to just talk about you know the esports is such a huge world, and you do stuff with NBA 2K, um, that league and the insider, and just talking about that. But before we get into that, we whenever we have fellow journalists up here, we always like to say. How'd you get into the game? How'd oh. you get, how'd you get to where you are now? Everybody's got a story. What's your story? Well, yeah. Northwestern for starters. <laughs> well, it, it, no, but you know, it, it's it's like yes, yeah. We were talking about that before, and that that helps. I'll yes. tell you that. Um, but it was something. I mean, for me, it was something. I always go back to sophomore year of high school. Um, walked into Ooh, where at? walked into Mamaroneck High School okay. up in Westchester. So you're originally from New York. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm from Westchester. Westchester. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that I actually uh, didn't know. That's uh, Section One, League One, Mamaroneck, Scarsdale, uh, New Rochelle, White Plains, Mount Vernon. So yeah, I've covered, to, I've covered oh, y'all got football. football. Y'all got football, football up, up there. there. Yeah. yeah, I actually did a game with you guys uh, when I was doing some silent reporting for Files this year. So did some you, when you play NCAA football thirteen and they have the generic high schools in there, and you make one out of New York. Usually, the teams <laughs> that you play against are from Scarsdale and places like uh, that. Okay. That little that, fun take fact. note. Throw back that video game. <laughs> little fun fa- a little football. fun fact because we're gonna get into video games, and you know how I am. <laughs> oh so. lord. <laughs> Go, sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. No, it's so I always go back. Just uh, I walked into a video class one day, soft, first day of school, sophomore year. On the easel, there was, um, you know, an ad for public access television to call the the homecoming football game that year. It was going to be the first game they were going to put on on our public access, um, you know, TV in Larchmont and Marinex. So I jumped on that. I did play by play. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Mm. Um, you know, called my first, there were the first touchdown, uh, the extra point came in. I said it was good. It was no good. Like you couldn't see on the side. There's so many things you could nitpick from that, but we've all been there, but I always say like <laughs> that, that, that was my first mark in this is what I want to do. Um, you know, started doing high school journalism stuff, mm. uh, had my mind set on Northwestern from the Wilbons and greenies and just watching them. Like, this is the place to be. This is where you can get, you know, a journalism education, that, like a high-level journalism education and be around Big Ten sports. Um, you know, there are only a handful of schools like Northwestern, Syracuse, Missouri that have that that big journalism and big 
sports resume. So I was kind of locked into that. I, I started doing, so my old job before I was doing the freelance stuff, I worked uh, as an editor for the postgame.com and which was a Yahoo sports site at one point. And it was when I was, I started doing stuff when I was a senior in high school and I get to freshman year of college and I tell my editor, I said, look, I'm going to school. I want to keep freelancing some stuff. Well, I'm a freshman, 18 years old in college, but I need to focus on class. It's like, all right. I get a call in January, and he says, hey, can you get to Indianapolis next week? I'm like, why? He said, we got an extra Super Bowl media day pass and Super Bowl pass. Oh, boy. And I'm like, and I just come out of, like, I totally botched a journal, like a a paper or something right before that. And I was like... I got to do this, you know, yes, I, I don't even, yes, I don't even did. have to hear the details. So I, you know, we figured out the mega bus schedule and stuff. I finally, I learned how to get from Chicago to Indianapolis, went to Super Bowl media day, covered that, you know, all of your journalism heroes are just walking around. Yeah, this it's, cra- it's crazy. Lucas the first State. time you, you do you've been, yeah. I've done two Super Bowls. It's crazy. It's, it's, crazy. It's, it's crazy. And I remember hearing Rick Riley's voice, like this is old Rick Riley, you know, yeah, before, yeah. before he went a little, a little different, but, yeah, um, and yeah. I remember hearing his question, like right next to me, hearing him ask a question, it was like, I've heard that voice so many times before. And so I, I did that, um, came back to, you know, took, went to three days of class, uh, wrote stories while I was home, came back for the actual Super Bowl, Giants beat the Patriots, you know, and I remember coming back and I got that, that winter quarter at Northwestern, I got an a minus in a journalism class and the professor said you would have gotten a if you weren't so focused on things outside of class i'm like are you what? kidding me i'm like i covered what do you not want me to go cover the super bowl i was like i don't re- regret that and i was oh no a minus is still 90 92 from Who there cares? from there <laughs> clearly from, he did from, well <laughs> yeah wait were you from, were you like an honor student no, only like one out of 12 quarters in my time. At were you, okay, yeah. so. Jeff, right, were you we're disappointed here. that we're he here. didn't value necessarily the experience that you were getting at the time? Because we know how valuable that is while doing your journalistic studies in school, yeah. just getting that hands-on experience. Well, I yeah. think this was, and so I'm 26, so this was uh, 2011 to 2012. And I think for the journalism industry, there was this mindset of like, where are things going? There was still a little bit, there was still a lot of traditional teaching Um as things were changing and i kind of in my eye i looked up and i was like wait i can get these opportunities to write for all these places while i'm still in college yeah i had a similar thing when i was in college why 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 would i not do that we're in school around the same time yeah i stopped doing sports articles for in class for journalism classes because i was like why am i burning my sources on on work that isn't going to be seen or paid yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So, right. so I mean, the the long story short here is that after that, I would say my mentality was, I don't care about grades as much. I just want to graduate. Exactly. Um, I'm here, and I bet you your GPA was still solid. It was fine. I'm not like well, it was it's, fine. I, I honestly don't even don't even know. Like I literally have never checked. I've never sent anywhere. For the kids out there, like, you know, this is nothing. GPA did not matter. In I any, would in I, any I, way. I, as as somebody I know I was you know ten years old than you, but. Um, GPA same. probably married uh, didn't matter as much now. No, no, no. Like, you know, like here's the thing. Let's be honest. Everybody here can say this because we've all worked in this profession. Have you gone for a job and actually Never. got an interview? And has anybody said to you? Hey man, what was your GPA? Never. Your, no, it's, no, it's never, never mattered. And you if they you? ask, I'll say it. Like yeah. it's it, fine. It hasn't. What's mattered to me more has Ooh. been even in college. You know, you spoke about the experience of being able to get that hands on Big Ten schools. I went mm-hmm. to at the time Big East school. Getting that experience was fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
being going to those games, doing those things, covering that. That's what made me the journalist I am today. And it also, like and you were at the height of the Big East, ba- Big East basketball, the too. The height. Dewan yeah. Blair. Dewan Blair. That was actually, Dewan Blair was came was my right senior after. year. So I was like oh, no, Carl right. Krauser, Chris Taft, uh, Brandon Knight. Chris Taft, who was white in NBA 06 for some reason. <laughs> really? Weird. Yeah. Only you will remember this from it. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was weird. But yeah, like Dewan Blair and those guys were like right after I graduated in 05. So... Um, but yeah, that, I was really at the height of that. And so timing sometimes matters. Placement matters. What yeah. you do with the opportunities, like you did. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, I'm glad you took that opportunity. And you also still got an A minus. Well, it's not like you got an F. Jeff, you should be proud of an A minus. <laughs> it's not like you got an F. Like, oh, instead of a 95, I got a 92. Whatever. It was, yeah. And I still got to go to the Super Bowl. Who was the professor? Uh, you don't want to say, I, I right? Wanna say, all right, cool, cool. That's no, all I want to know. You, you That's all I want to know. No, because I asked him because I know he's not going to say because it doesn't matter. Right. Well, I'm sure that guy was a great professor. You know what I mean? Or woman. I, or woman. Sorry. Apologize. Apologies to that. I'm sure that he, he or she was a great professor, but or not. He did. Or not. Know. <laughs> it cannot be either. Either way, you found the value in what you needed to find at Northwest. Well, I found I found that, and you know, I don't want to like like harp on all of just just college and stuff like that. But it was also, for example, we had to pick um, a track at Northwestern news uh, broadcast magazine or oh, mar- or marketing and they had i to put you in, in a box well listen i came in and i was brought i, I had my mindset on broadcast mm. right that's why i went to northwestern i yeah. called those games in high school i anchored the, the school news in my high school and i got there and i looked around and and i'm sure you've especially had experiences with this where mm. um you know every kid had to do an internship where they would get placed in a small market to do broad to do a, a tv news mm-hmm. and it made me just it rubbed me a little the wrong way because I knew that I didn't want to be a TV stand-up TV news traditional news yes. news broadcaster. Yes. And on top of that, I didn't want like I had some players, some guys that went to minor league baseball and you know did those Cape Cod League and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just in my mind, I was like, I want to use the internet. I'm looking at Twitter and Instagram and Facebook blowing up, and I'm like, this is my avenue. I feel like I'm good at this. I feel like the the sort of snackable content is where I want to live. So I picked magazine, not because I wanted to write in magazines, because mm. I saw that as closest to digital at the time. How did, mm. did I want to stop you there with that. I'm so glad you brought that up, because I think this is very interesting to talk yes. about right and here. And this is, what, 2011? This is, you, I no, 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 that, that was high school. Like 2012. So we're no, talking about was, a little after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 20, right. when, did you, when did you graduate from Northwestern? 2015. So 2015, you graduated. So we're 10 years apart. You graduated 10 years after I did. Well, we're one year apart. But what I, <laughs> well, what I find interesting, though, in you saying that, I'm going to get to a question I have for you, which is, you kind of saw, you looked at this and said, hey, this is where the game is going. Mm. I feel like when I graduated in 2005, I saw that, but video online was still like just starting, yeah, right? Yeah, you were in a different era. And I got in this time where I got some of my first jobs were like working for the New York Post as a video journalist and doing stuff like that, When, but people thought it wasn't going to last. Like there was literally <laughs> people who told me, this isn't going to work. I had a guy from Fox. That people consuming news on their to- phone wasn't going to yeah, work. Yeah, literally told me this. I was at a Giants press conference doing some reporting on... The, their first playoff run where they, where they beat the Pats. And the guy was like, oh, you think this is going to work? Like this kind of reporting thing? <laughs> I find it interesting that in 2011 or 12, whatever you said that was before you graduated, you saw this and then said, hey, I want to try to move this way. Was there – my question for you is you saw this and it must have took a lot of discipline to say, hey, I believe in this. But did other people say, no, 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 you need to do this. You should be mm. in broadcast. You should I, move this way. Yeah. No, there were people that, that tried to – to direct me in a certain way i had someone so we had you had to do a required internship at northwestern where they would send you somewhere to one of their kind of affiliates and one thing Mm. they really wanted to send me to sports illustrated and sports illustrated had been my dream 
Like mm-hmm. literally my dream, I got into this, back to Rick Riley, who bring it up again. <laughs> I literally would come home Wednesday and read the back the back page. And like that's what yeah. I, that was me in middle school wanting to do this. And I, I said I, I knew I had this thing with the, the post game going where I'd been doing stuff with them all through college and they were had this Yahoo Sports affiliation and I knew I had a job lined up if I just wanted to keep going there. And I didn't want to you know, I didn't want to rub anyone the wrong way. And the other thing was like I knew if I went to Sports Illustrated, I was going to have to work behind people for a long time. Like I was going to be a produ- an editorial producer before I'd actually be producing content. And it's the same thing. I went, I visited Syracuse as a high school student and the guy at Newhouse was like, you know, you'll be a sports broadcaster if you go here. You won't get to go on air probably till your senior year, but we'll put you in a corner at the Syracuse basketball games and you'll have your tape that you can send out to everyone. Mm-hmm. And Northwestern was, you know, it's a great journalism school, but not as many sports broadcasters go so, as Syracuse. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, they're like, yeah, just you know, come on in and we'll throw you on air. And to me, I was like, I'm, I want the opportunities right now because I don't think the – I think there's a more horizontal opportunities than there used to be as opposed to like you get a job at one place and you just have to move up vertically forever. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, sure. say, I'd say people didn't nest, – like some people just were – it was a more nervousness of let me do the same formula that I've been told works. Um, and the, what I would say is – so Twitter – when I got to Northwestern, my first class, they said, you sh- you, we suggest you should start a Twitter. Like that was, that was fall 2011. And when I left my last quarter in 2015, spring 2015, there was a Twitter class offered. So to me, I tell people, that was, mm. that's the fact that whatever journalism education, like you got in 2016, you yeah. got in, t- in 2005, right. I got in 2015. It's all totally different. Economics, you might get the same four-year education year after year Great after point. year. Journalism, like kids coming out now, imagine they're, they're, they got TikTok in their class right now. Right. Yeah. It's, it, the, game, the game is always changing, right? And so I think the uh, what I look at it now, Brian and I always talk about this, I think the journalists who think ahead, see how they can move in the spaces are the one that can do better. I think you did it when you were in school. I did it when I was in school. Brian did it. We were thinking, like, how can you move in this different way? Because my route and what I do was – you go to a small market, you work your way up, you move this. I actually said, like you, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And I didn't do it. And I have other friends I know who haven't done it. And it's worked out <laughs> kind of okay. <laughs> well, I feel like you're right? doing a ton of different stuff, whether you're talking about reporting on Fios or then right. all of a sudden AccuWeather. Right, like right. So I'm, right. And I'm you know, doing national weather reporting, and I never worked in like a small market. I've only been in New York, and I've done more. Actually, more of my career is digital, mm-hmm. as you kind of saw where it's going. And I try to tell young people now today is that, there's a lot of opportunities digitally. You yeah. don't just have to be on TV. Yeah. But I think sometimes you have to break the mold out of people's head that they'd still think like, hey, I got to be on TV. I have to be on traditional TV. What yeah. I mean, Especially in an era where we're cutting cable. Right. And that's a normal thing I think thing you now. were thinking – it it's really refreshing to hear that even uh, six, five, six years ago, you were thinking, hey, this is not – you knew exactly what you wanted to do, which I think is huge and – in being successful and just saying no i don't really i don't fit there it's okay for me to go this way kudos to you i mean you could also start a youtube show you know you yep. could start a youtube uh hey. <laughs> interview series yep. uh, i already know hustle. side hustle um, season side one hustle. out now um, <laughs> you already know <laughs> but it's true like you you can you can do all of these things and i mean i look i started writing at a newspaper when i was in college and I knew when I immediately took that job, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be doing this for a long time. Right. Like for, for, for five, like 
in five in five years, am I still going to be writing at a newspaper? Some Probably people not. hope for that. I just think they. I, think I hope newspaper. I hope, that. but I hope, but I say that saying that I hope newspapers last so that people can make their livings off that. But it's like every other year you look around, and it's not even just newspapers, but just outlets in general. Outlets, they're always yep. cutting, and a lot of the jobs available are temps and freelancing, and we're about to get into that. Well, but. well, one thing I was saying, one thing I'm always thinking about when taking these gigs, and uh, all of us on the freelance sort of side. Um, I think it's something to take note. Well, Dex are not no more. Is yeah, but, but he's still but, do. He's but, still. But knows, he's still he's still freelance. Right. Yeah. But knowing, like, when I'm taking something, I'm thinking also, you know, where where is the long term value in this? Where is something that like in freelancing? Yeah. Well, well, each each thing I do, each gig I'm yes, saying, like, yes, yes. Um, you know, where are you? Where are we able to? Where's this going? Like, right, what yes. is this going to? be? Where's this going long term? And also for me, like, is this something that's going to show up that could be on Facebook or Twitter or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, what is what is the viral potential versus what is just the immediate It's funny potential? because when we great, when great, we, great thinking. When yeah. we do certain things that are going to go on TV, I always ask for the YouTube link. Always 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 because it's like of this course. is how most people are going to watch it. Like, yes, it's cool that you're going to be on linear TV at a specific time, but realistically, people aren't going to gather around and watch you especially if it's at 5:30 or 6:30 in the afternoon. No, af- most, most late of the, in the afternoon most or whatever. Most of the content I produce for AccuWeather, um, I would say most of the views and the connectivity of it and how far it can reach obviously is through Twitter or yeah. Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn or LinkedIn, LinkedIn or, which is an underrated uh, social right. media sort of outlet that people don't or use. Or the fact enough. that, you know, even the company I work for, they share their content to other different affiliates. So there's a, a better reach for you to be seen more than actually on the TV network. Because yeah. we're on and our so phones all the time. You have, when you, you see the value in that, you're like, OK, that that works. You but know? you also know if there's a hurricane or if there's some big, big weather incident that you're at, yep. you're going to. More people are going to see it than on a normal day. Yes. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about, and we could bring the 2K League into this. Like, I was doing stuff the whole year last year, right? And all of a sudden, the finals are going down. And I'm thinking right before, I'm like, a lot more people are going to see this because now all of a sudden, there's, there's, we're going to get, you know, 10 times the viewers today than we've seen. So yeah. there's almost a, there was almost a little pressure I was thinking in my mind of, <laughs> it really doesn't matter what I've done all season. Like, people are going to see what we do today. Yes, mm. and I think every whether it's sports, weather, whatever, everything you have that moment like hurricane season and weather is that's kind of like the Super Bowl time. Like you, you got to be on your game. You get more eyes on you. You're right about that, and so you just kind of like adjust to those times, right? And you're, you're it's a greater you gotta chance be prepared for it. You got to be prepared, but it's also this great opportunity for your content to be visible to more to more people. So coming out of um, Northwestern. Mm-hmm. You we taught you kind of told us what your dream was. You kind of really wanted to be at Sports Illustrated. Yeah, no. Did you ever think that you are where, you, where you'd be now, where you're covering two K <laughs> league? Like did that? <laughs> like did you the esports? Yeah. No. Were you ever like I'm gonna be covering esports? Did that ever cross your mind? So it also isn't shocking given you know just how futuristic you probably were back then. Well, this so this is what I'll say. Um, and so I I came out and I was working as an editor for the post game right at it. So I, which allowed me also goes back to the sort of being a jack of all trades. Like I could write about any sports. Yeah. I could do it in any sort of medium, whether I wanted to do most of it at the beginning was writing, but eventually it was a lot more in video. We tried some Same. audio, yep. uh, you know, social, there was a lot of social freedom. So I was able to do a lot of things, but right out, I had some people that were like, yo, you should cover esports." They're like, esports is blowing up. Cause now we're going back. This is fall 2015, mm-hmm. winter 2016. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the landscape, and you had said you covered an ESL thing yep. at one point, mm-hmm. and I, I know that everyone talked about esports sold out the garden. 
Esports League of Legends sold out the garden. Most people in the sports world and the people that we probably run into circles with have never played League of Legends in their life, nor come close. You know, it's a right. PC-based game. I've never played it. I said, I always tell people, the kid in your class that was playing World of Warcraft when you were in high school and you yep. didn't really know what he was talking about, he's watching League of Legends. Like, yeah. there's mm -hmm. such a, because, oh my God, they're selling out stadiums. There's making, they're making X amount of money. Sports owners are buying in. People wanted it to be the same sports crowd. And it's like, it is not. It not. is so different. So a lot of those, those combat games, fighting games, mm -hmm. were a different audience than sports fans. So I told people at the beginning, I was like, I, I just don't see this as like it's not it's not the same audience the way you want it to be or think it is. So I, I kind of backed away at first. And then I came in to start uh, running to circles with people from the NBA. I started hosting content on the NBA Twitch channel, which, by the way, was the greatest gig in the world. I played video games with NBA players and asked them questions from the Twitch chat. That's like, pretty, that's pretty I, dumb. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. And and it was awesome. And I met people. And, you know, we had some viral. There was a lot of Reddit moments. Like, Lonzo Ball couldn't hold a Nintendo 64 controller. I had to explain it to him. Like, you know, that was my crowning achievement and all of that. <laughs> but um, from there, the 2K League started. And the same people that were running it moved over to the 2K League. So I said, I want to get involved. You know, I, I know that there's something here. I'm at the time 24 years old. I played NBA 2K my whole life. Like I, I fit the sweet spot of this. Maybe I'm, I'm not, I don't have an esports background yet, but I fit the, the, the sort of video game sports crossover right here. Yeah. The first day, my job was to interview the players on the red carpet the first day of the draft after they got drafted and it wasn't live and just the best clips the the nba was going to share the footage with the teams and the best clips they were going to put on social whatever mm. and i asked all the players i was like what were you doing before and the stories that i got from these guys who had never been interviewed before you mentioned before people yeah. trying to reach out to you to get hype around them before like we we didn't know any of these guys and they're like I was a truck driver. I was working in an Amazon factory. I gave my two weeks notice last week. I'm playing video games for, you know, for a living. I made yeah. it, mom. Like I, one guy worked in the state department. One guy was a literally had like a finance job and quit to go play. It, it, there were so many stories to tell that I just I at that point I was like this is such a fertile ground for storytelling. Like we deal with uh, and and I know I know I'm sure you you'll deal with a lot of pro athletes. I know Brian does. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like Guys, NBA players are they start getting interviewed when they're 13 playing AAU. Right. Like they think they're <laughs> yeah. they're, you know, they're legends when they're in their teenage years. Yeah. These kids literally were pulled off of wherever the minimum wage jobs they were playing. They were all playing video games, you know, 8 p.m. to like 4 a.m. to try to log those hours we were talking about. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden they're they're in this league being employed by NBA teams that are now putting their brands on the line with these guys and they're playing a live competition broadcast to the world so for money for money that's an important thing for money too. and for, for money for bonus money on top of that yes. so it's like not a fixed salary it's like you gotta you gotta really grind it out you yeah. gotta work as a team so there were all these things that were that were popping up that for me i was like all right this now we've been people have been saying get into esports get into esports this is this fits me so you know? what so what i hear in that for you was that the storytelling aspects around it is kind of what really drew you in right the fact that there are these interesting stories with these people and mm -hmm. we can tap into what, who they are human and how they train for these games and play and all this other stuff which is you know it, it's nice that the storytelling kind of dro drove you there that's what i love and even talking to my friends like i i'm in I'm in, you know, five NBA group chats where people are just 
venting or or making arguments and a lot of people's arguments are you know these these analytics based arguments and i and i i respect analytics i enjoy certain analytics i'm not a stat head and part of it's because the reason i love sports are the storylines behind them like the reason i love is just like like what is you know you know following along the rivalries and the actual like adversity that a guy takes to get here so with the 2k league i was like i want to tell these kids stories so the first year i was the I was my unofficial title was the social media reporter, partly because these guys were were not ready necessarily to just talk in front of a camera. Like right. they were did not have that media training we talked about NBA guys having through the AAU years. Right, and we literally about half the size of this. We had a closet in the back of the NBA 2K League studio with a black background that we used to film, kind of like a like a John Gruden's coach's corner with that uh, we'd go over. We'd have the highlights on a laptop, so yeah. we kind of you know dub the audio over what we were watching on the laptop and we break down what what guys were doing and that was my first and i had a podcast that first year and that was kind of my first foray into meeting these guys and just getting to know them and understanding their stories and then season two i took the step as more of the insider which was um that was that was my title which meant a lot of halftime show analysis a lot of between games here's here's how the lineup's changing stuff like that but I did. I filled in at play-by-play color sidelines, um, kind of like wow. the Ernie Johnson hosting desk. So whenever someone, so I was doing all that as well, and just um, kind of engulfing myself in this this whole league, which I think is about to take a huge jump now in season three. You know we like to hook our listeners up from time to time, and we have a hookup for you today. So for the listeners of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can check out one of my favorite sports books, $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by William C. Roden. That's available on audible.com with hundreds of thousands of other books that you can listen to today. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash A-H- T-T. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T for your free audiobook. I think it's interesting how it's grown. I think it's, I'm fascinated by how it's grown. This is the question I have, right? Because I tend to see this from, as a generational thing. People who are older than me. Right, so older than thirty six. Yes, I'll probably let's give them ten years older in that forty six plus range. Yeah, and I get this sometimes. Baseball fans, people. they look at they they look at me playing video games. I still play video games as a thirty six year old, not as yeah. much as I used to. My brother does too. He's they older still than look you. at it as something childish, right? Then you have the folks who maybe might be admiring some of the people. I don't think all the people. Maybe look at esports as yo. Why would somebody watch other people playing video games, right? Yeah. And that they get paid for it and they train and they put this. There's still this kind of stigma. Um, I don't even know what I call it around that the, we look at the people who are in esports. Do you think that's changing? I feel like it's shifting, right? As we get younger and attitudes of course, video yeah. games are shifting. But like, how do you feel it's 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 changing in terms of how the league will grow and how important is that for the league to grow? Well, I think generationally. 
everything it chips away chips away chips away i remember thinking as a kid and again i'm 26 like am i gonna play video games my whole life yeah. and now what i'm realizing is i will have a, i will for sure have a video game system as long as possible in my life you know i'm not going to necessarily play to the level that the the quantity that i played once by yeah life right. changes that for you yeah, right. yeah you have other obligations in life that you know come into play but um i think that like you said 36 it's more common to still be playing 26 yeah. it's more common to still be playing with your friends maybe or something yep. like that and then yeah. 16 it's it's even more and and so we were talking about this before and it's the example that i always use um i was born 93 2006 madden nfl nation starts on espn i was so hyped and it was you know that sweet spot of 5 30 or something on espn too it's like i'm done with homework like, I got to check this out before dinner. I was never done with homework that early. <laughs> you were fishing, Jeff. <laughs> Depending on the day. Depending on the day. Maybe I took a break. I got um, home. I was watching Pokemon, bro. <laughs> like, because Pokemon came on like four. Anyway. Uh, the uh, But but watching that, I'm like, I love Madden. Like, listen, Madden was the game. In the oh, yeah, oh yeah. They uh, had the Madden um, Bowl with players playing yeah. against other players. So I was like, I want to see the best dudes play Madden. Yeah. And every time... They'd show the score and the guys having a handshake after the game or like the last play. And I'm like, wait, wait. Now we know, being in this industry, they had a scripted for 23 minutes of television. No one was letting them put on, you know, four hours of content. There was no TV channel. There was nothing to do. That was the first step. But at the time, I was like, I just want to see them play. Where can I see them play? Now these kids grow up. I want to see someone playing NBA 2K. I want to see someone playing Fortnite. I want to see someone playing League of Legends right now. All right, fire up Twitch. I want to see the best highlights from the last week. All right. Type it into YouTube. Like yeah. they grow up, or stream it yourself. They grow up with all of this in their ethos that we didn't. That you know, in our twenty six, twenty five, mm -hmm. what are you twenty five? Twenty five, yeah. Um, we just missed it. I feel like, yeah, yeah. we just missed that yeah. that boom. So I understand it, and I understand that like for these guys, the same way that we grew up watching sports or watching movies or watching anything that we just you could snap your fingers yeah. and do. That's what they've grown up with. Yep. So for esports, that's why it's growing. That's why it's such a common thing, and people don't necessarily understand it who don't have the access to that it. they had because they don't. Right. They can't put themselves in their teenage mind. Like even if you're, let's say, you're 31 and you loved, you know, Mario Tennis or something at the right. time, or like, or you know, on Nintendo 64. It's like. Maybe if Twitch was around and that was the, the game, people would have been would have been popping with it. You know what? And Twitch kind of was around back then. It was just what Justin TV. <laughs> Isn't that what <laughs> right. it was ten years that. ago? Yeah. But I remember. It's funny that you bring this up because I remember watching. I think their names were New Legacy, and I think I still follow them on YouTube. But they were these guys who were very early in this, and they used mm -hmm. to stream mm -hmm. basically WWE gameplay, whether it was old oh, games or whatever. But they were hilarious. Like, they were just funny, doing dumb stuff all the time. And I was in high school. I remember watching them stream an entire season of Here Comes the Pain, <laughs> where they were using, I think it was uh. Charlie Haas, and it was just funny and ridiculous. And, there, you know, the whole thing, there was a chat room. They would play until, you know, however late it was, 3 a.m. and things like that. And I remember actually watching this because I'm in high school, and I'm like, other than play basketball, I wasn't doing much else. Well, see, I think that's the point Jeff makes, right? Like, no matter how old you are, if, if whether you're a video game or not, you were – look, when I was 16, I spent tons of time playing video games through college – I spent as much time as I can with my roommates. We were playing Madden, and so that College was kind of the peak of, the your, peak video of your video game, game right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. We, yeah, I played a lot of Madden in that time, and then I think like shortly after college, that's when the Madden show came out. And we were—I still watched that at that time because I found it fascinating to watch 
you, I was like, yo, like I want to see the best people play Madden, right? So it's very, it, I think it's very interesting. The other and Jeff- spoiler alert: if you saw Ballers, esports had a role in that final season. I as didn't well. watch. Oh. The, I didn't watch the final you have season. To, you I'm have like to. four to five episodes in, but I was gonna say. There's an well, op- that's not like a real spoiler, well, but yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll yeah. see what actually yeah. happens. But esports does get involved in even that. There's an Entourage episode from, I think, 2004, 2005, oh, wow. where Jerry Ferrara's character, Turtle, plays in a fight night tournament. So that's Yo! like, that goes back. To now, that. you want to get me hype about a game. Now, cause fu- because tour- <laughs> tournaments, tournaments at that time, at that time, when I was graduating college, tournaments were still out there existing. You had Madden tournaments. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a Street Fighter player, too. A lot of Street oh, Fighter tournaments Street have been going Fighter. on Oh, back in the day, Pokemon had these yeah. tournaments. This was in, like, the early 2000s yeah, or the so mid-2000s. People have always been people playing People would go money. to, like, the Pokemon store yeah. in, in the city. They would get cards and play each other, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Was, had tournaments, It was harder too. to put on. Yes, you had to get right. the equipment. It was, way, it was even more that's a, that's, niche. That's a good point. It was even more niche than it is now. But now with social media, and because that's the demographic that's really going to utilize social media to push these things, now you're seeing it grow in the way that it should. So another generational question I have, Jeff, is what I find interesting, too, about because you do stuff with the 2K League, mm-hmm. right? Especially for you because of your age. You're of the age where... I'm washed. No, no, no. no you're not, no, 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 you're not <laughs> washed, man. You're, you're of the age where... For you, 2K has always been that basketball game, right? Kind of. Like, well, like, I, I, think yeah, sh- I think it's. I think it's. Are you guys old enough that when li- NBA Live, was NBA Live was the game in the 2000s? It was the game. Okay, it yeah. was the game. And so, okay. for me, going to school in 2011, that was when I shifted to 2K. That's when I shifted. Oh, I shifted. Was, I shifted with earlier with Jordan on the cover. So yeah, I, actually, yeah. I actually shifted earlier because the fir- the first game I ever had for the original Xbox because I first got my original Xbox in 2004. I was 10 years old was NBA Live 2004, Vince Carter on the cover. I had NBA Live up until 2007, and then I remember seeing that 2K was cheaper. Chris Paul was on the cover, who I really liked because I'm short. And the game, the reviews were just better, and I was like, NBA Live always had glitches, so I was like, let me try this out. Yeah, so 2K8, I, just, I, I switched that same year as you. And that, then it was I, I right after that, year. I think I noticed the shift when maybe it was 2K10, because that was the Kobe year. And that was the 10-year anniversary, and Kobe had the golden cover and all this stuff. I, I think that was when it really started to shift. I, I've always wondered that because you, so you did play some like, play some live. And the reason I, it popped in my mind for this question, I remember the last time – I can't remember the year right now. The last time the All-Star Game was here in New York, I went to cover – 2015. Uh, an event for in Brooklyn – for News 12, and they had like this lounge. They had like a gaming lounge where people could come and play. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'll never forget this. I walk into the lounge, and there are two TVs. Now, first, there's an Xbox. There's four TVs: Xbox, PlayStation, Xbox, PlayStation, and one for one has live, and one is 2K. Oh, I know and where whether, you're going. Whether it was the Xbox with the with the 2K or the uh, PlayStation 4 with the 2K. Everybody were at those, and nobody, nobody, nobody was at NBA Live. And for me, it was just like, as somebody, I've seen that Live at the was NBA my store. first basketball game. NBA Live '95. I'm dating myself here. NBA '95 on the Super Nintendo was my first basketball game. To see nobody play it, and Yo. now that 2K is kind of just this brand that's around the league. Like, is there even an NBA? I'm asking a question. So, is there an NBA no, Live league? No, so, NBA, so no, no, no. NBA so. Live is not even coming out this year. They released a statement NBA saying Live, that they're not yeah. going to come I out. I didn't this even year. know that. They, but they, I think they postponed they're pro- the release and then they just canceled. But but everybody everybody is. Wow. And there was a year also. I think it was 2011 or whatever that. This is and this is where the shift really like you really notice it and it might have been that year because I remember there was a demo that came out for NBA Live. Kevin Durant was scheduled to be on the cover. In the demo you could shoot around with Kevin Durant. 
the song that was playing the entire time was The Plan by J. Cole. Still one of his best songs, most underrated songs. The game never came out. And they kept pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. I don't think the game never came out or it may, it may have come out on mobile only. That was it. And that's when 2K, 2K was over, son. So with, <laughs> so you just answered a couple there's questions a, because I did, not, I did not know that live was done. Didn't know that. And it's so lively. But, but people are people think that they're probably gearing up for the NCAA return because now that there's those rules and well, they got they to do, do something. But how strong is the 2K brand right now that that you, it has its own league? Yeah. Kids have been yeah. immersed in this for a long time, right? There are kids, so there are kids who've grown up where it's just been 2K just been for 2K. them. Yeah. So, so first of all, back to the original, the, the live in the yes, 2000s sorry, and stuff. Dude. It was so easy, I think. For me, it was so easy to – it made, made my life easier to tell my mom, like, anything EA Sports, that was what I wanted. You know, I think it yeah. was like, and people had that EA Sports, like EA Sports dominated so many of the sports titles yeah. that it was so easy to just like be an EA Sports lifer and like That's get true. the whole, basically have the whole everything around. But then there was this, this almost EA, EA Sports and Take-Two Interactive went to battle. If you remember, Take-Two purchased the whole baseball rights yep. and that's MVP baseball all of a sudden, which was like <sighs> the greatest baseball te- game was done and they tried to do college baseball. No one knew who college oh, baseball God, players were. That didn't work. So, and that, by the way, Take Two doesn't even do a baseball game. It's nope. only MLB The Show, which is only on PlayStation. So really, there's no game. The greatest for baseball right game now. ever. So you have that. You have um, EA Sports kind of runs 2K out of the uh, the NFL market. Remember the TO cover, the uh, the ESPN yep. NFL. That 2K is 5 still the greatest football game ever. I don't care what anybody says. RIP NFL 2K5. So they start. They go <laughs> to bat. They're they're. <laughs> It's not. 2K5 is better than every Madden that has come out. It's not. They're, I'll fight you. They're, they're tugging <laughs> back and forth Yes. in both of those. Yes. And the college games. They had, both had college games yep, going back and forth. Games. Yeah, 2K, yeah. And, With, and, and EA Sports got that too because then March Madness became NCAA basketball 09 yeah. and 10. They With basketball, what I think what, where 2K gets where Take-Two gets a lot of credit is they recognize the online element becoming yes. a bigger thing. And they recognize that the way to grab the community was to create a community. And what they did was they created, you know, eventually they they created sort of ways that you could play five on five pro-am mode, which is what the league is based on. So people started creating their own teams the same way in like Call of Duty, you know, you're creating your team that you're playing with. Right. People started doing that for NBA 2K. And then around that 2015 time, which NBA Live didn't have a game one year like you were talking about they ended up coming back with the game they introduced the what they call the community with the park and you can basically create a character that you're bring that you're showing off to the world whether it's what he's wearing what his traits are and stuff beyond just your my player that's local on your own you know you're showing your friends who your player is and you're going around to all of these you know literally a digital community and when they did that, that's when I think people – that's what makes the league possible because people just go – that's how they find their friends. They're, like, hanging out in the virtual community, mm-hmm. and it goes so much further than being just a basketball game. And that's why you're able to build an eSport because there's so much loyalty and camaraderie amongst people who don't even know each other that now you have this grand thing that NBA Live just didn't invest in. That's No, that's great, and I think, I think that's – it's interesting because I haven't even thought about the – uh, online let me say this how too. that was a downfall of NBA Live. And I had I had so NBA Live they'll when they when they would come out they would do this thing after, you know, probably when they get to Christmas, you could find the game for like three dollars. <laughs> so 
and I'm not even joking. It was like three. You talking about recently? Yeah, yeah. Recent this yeah. is recent. This is very recent. So I bought last year's because they had the WNBA before 2K yes. also added yeah. that element. So yeah. now it's really over for them, mm -hmm. right? So I got that for the WNBA feature, and I noticed that they have an online thing as well, but it's not nearly as elaborate. Like 2K has and, my team yeah. and all this stuff, and people love that as well. They bought things like they got the rights to use Rucker Park in their game, and 2K doesn't have yeah, that. Yeah, I but, saw that. Yep. But was like, is that enough for people to buy? And they got Dykeman also, but no one. No, because you know it what it comes down to is the gameplay in 2K has been better for quite some time. Yes, there's been less glitches, so anything that live is added on or EA's added on has always seemed pretty gimmicky. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I made the switch, I as a and I love basketball games. I've always loved it since a kid. It was about the gameplay and the gameplay was just so much tighter that that's yeah. why I switched. And I think when you add the other stuff and as they expanded with the way social media and things were expanding and creating the community in the parks, you're right. That had a huge impact in it just taking off and going elsewhere. So like esports, especially around basketball gaming, it's just it's it's huge now. And I look I used to sit and watch, this is why I'll tell people who are anti-esports and try to criticize it. Everybody, people of my generation, even older, you would still sat around and watch other people play games. All you're doing now is watching either online or you might go to a stadium or arena and watch this being played. And it's not that bad if the competition or quality of play is good. So, you know, I, I grew up in an era where people were going to see Street Fighter. People play Street Fighter at the arcade and watch people play. I used to crowd around and watch it for hours when I didn't have money. So... Mm. You will do it when you can even afford it and pay the money. And I think people are kind of anti it, but they don't realize they've kind of been doing some elements of voyeurism in gaming sports for quite some time. Well, I think eSports needs to come back with a fight night game and make a league on that. <laughs> he would love that. Oh, my God. I, think, I, would, I would be down with that. I played a lot of because that Because that, that, that's what we need. I think in order for two, in order for eSports to take the next step, we need more, more violence. Yes. Oh, God. We need more tension. That's a, Jeff, this is a whole <laughs> other thing. I don't know if you want to get into us. What I want to ask There was you, almost a fight in the 2K League game, though. Really? I have no comment. <laughs> okay, we'll, 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 talk, we'll talk about that all. I'll show you the video. So you, you sound, uh, to, before we get to freelancing, sounds to me like you being immersed in this for quite mm -hmm. some time, reporting, doing all the storytelling. Oh, boy. You really like where this industry is is going as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, do you? Well, I, I No, no, I'm talking, I'm talking specifically <laughs> about the esports industry. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll get like, into that in a second. Well, well, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things to, to, on that point, and also why people, I think, are so negative about esports. I think it's there's a there's a group of people out there that are like people need to get off the couch. You know, this is just like esports is just people staying on their couch and not doing physical activities. First of all, how much you know how much exercise can you do in one day? Like people aren't aren't just out there. They're not professional athletes doing five hours of exercise yeah, every day. Right. Do forty five so, minutes and you're good. So you're you're doing you're you're you, this is an activity. This is an activity that also for a lot of people has taught them friendship, camaraderie, teamwork. And things along those lines. And the story I always go back to is a, a player on uh, who was on Knicks Gaming. He's right now he'll, he'll re-enter the draft. His name's Idris the Goat. Um, mm -hmm. He was growing up originally in Detroit, and he wrote about when the Knicks were in the finals in season one. New York Times has all his quotes that he basically said like video games. His parents got him a video game system, and he or he got it, and he he was in his basement and playing video games caught, kept him off the street in inner city Detroit. Mm. And he's like, so anyone that wants to bash me for basically not being outside, it's like video games saved my life in that sort of way. Yeah. And mm. that's where I think people just don't understand how what an outlet video games provide as an activity, especially in the inner city, and especially because of that NBA element, the NBA 2K League tilts definitely with a lot of kids who come up from very diverse backgrounds.
That's interesting too because it also makes you have to think that you know everybody's background isn't the same, right? So with what esports or playing video games, like you're saying, might mm-hmm. mean to someone else in one place where they might not want to go outside because it's really not safe for them to be outside could legitimately save their life. And I'll listen to what that young man had to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it's on point with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brian, Brian Mazik, who's from Forbes, said uh, that the uh, the 2K League is the most diverse sports league, was what he called it. Hmm. But in, in terms of how the league is going, we're talking about that. I think that there is such a, a, a long-term... And so now we have, for those who don't know, by the way, we haven't even talked about this, the NBA 2K League in itself is... Uh, now 22 NBA teams um, who have league affiliates, and the 23rd team is Gen G, which is an esports organization, has a team. So you've got 23 teams. You've got 22 of the 30 NBA teams that have bought in. These guys, uh, six guys on each team, five guys play at once. They all train in their home cities. And then from there, they um, they they then come to competition, whether it's in New York. We had two, two tournaments last year in Vegas and Orlando. So... Um, you know, there's that sort of professional element to it and these teams buying in and now it's on Twitch and YouTube. And I think the publicity and the acceptance uh, continues to grow. And I think that there's mm. there's a poise. There's also things that you just learn in how the game is presented and how guys stories are told that I think you're going to see. And, you know, it's, it's taken a little bit of proof of concept. But the also beautiful thing about the NBA is from a sponsorship perspective, you have a lot of sponsors who buy into the NBA who buy into all four leagues. Hmm. Like Adam Silver yeah. says, there's four leagues, the NBA, WNBA, G League, and 2K League. Yeah. So you now have this infrastructure in place for this this league to take, it took a jump to season two, and now to take kind of third time's a charm. Like season three just seems prime for a more a more national, more international flavor and, and a greater sort of cap to this league. Could and there explain- was also a jump before because there not every team had their own uh not every team had their own two K team in season two. Yeah, so it you went, know, it went season from one and season two it went yeah. from seventeen to, to twenty one. Now we're at twenty three but only one more MB- so twenty two of them are NBA teams. teams. Okay. Could you explain to people how the draft works for players who are playing, you know, two K, how they get seen, how that works, their visibility yep. and how they end up can be drafted. So there um so for example for this year for season three there was already a tryout process. Now the the NBA two K League Combine, we're taping this on what, Sunday the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Uh tomorrow the the combine opens for the first time. So if you qualify so today, for the basically. combine. Yeah, for today. <laughs> today, if this is being released, yes. the combine for those. So, unfortunately, if you didn't try out already, you know, sorry, the the season like, three wheel has started. Breaking news. But but the combine <laughs> starts today, which is more of a narrowed down field from the open tryout. Um, you know, it, it's hard to judge, but there's a lot of statistics that you know every time you try out certain statistics and the league has gone above and beyond since season one because they felt like some guys were being frozen out right because you're just trying to get your points so now there's different sort of uh, usage rates and stuff that are being factored into this so a guy who gets frozen out doesn't that doesn't hurt him Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like what was your usage rate with the ball um and so they'll go through that process and then and the coaches and everyone is trying to watch as many streams and watch as much film as possible then there's going to be that field is going to be narrowed down to a draft pool that's done by the league and some some of the coaches and players and whoever else is involved with that committee. And then there'll be the actual draft, which we don't call it an entry level draft mm-hmm. because some of the players, anyone who was not retained by their teams from last year automatically go into that draft pool so they can get drafted they can get drafted again and it's very similar if you know guys know how the big three worked it's very similar in that sort of way that makes a lot of sense because the problem is you're starting a new league like 
you can't and, and guys aren't signing long-term contracts yet so you have to be able to cycle through and you know this guy you you can protect there's a there's going to be an expansion draft probably every year for the first say, 10 there's going to be another expansion so you have draft, to yeah. you have to keep doing the cycle where okay you protect this amount of guys these amount of guys before the expansion draft expansion draft happens now you can protect you can retain these amount of guys yeah. before the next draft and then not everyone is, you know, no team will, will remain intact. Intact, right. And someone and, and guys will go back into the draft pool. Gotcha. How much, I'm sure people would like to know too, how much money can you make yep. being a professional uh, 2K League player? So season two, and it'll change for season three because now you got two more teams, you know, more sponsors and such. Season two, retained players made 39,000, first round picks 37. Everyone else thirty five thousand for a six month contract, and then on top of that, there was a one point two million dollar prize pool for Jesus. spread around four tournaments, including the finals. So the guys, for example, a guy that got retained by T Wolves Gaming, which won it all and did well in other tournaments, didn't win other tournaments, probably I would guess made somewhere around eighty thousand for that eighty to ninety thousand for that six months. That's, that's, that's a nice great six months. months. So yeah. it's a, it's an awesome six months. A lot of these guys, you know, listen, there some of these guys are. 30 years old raising a kid, you know, mm. then you've got 19 year olds who are in college and are going to come out of, you know, college with a nice chunk of cash or their, or their student <laughs> loans paid, you know, that's all things, nice. things like <laughs> that. Yeah. So, you know, there's different sides of the spectrum for who's doing what with the money, but you know, for, for a league just starting and trying to get off the ground and guys can make sponsorship money or they can do appearances. They can do anything. There's no cap on that. Good. Mm-hmm. No, good. They're not running like the NCAA. Good to know. <laughs> a new daily fantasy app for prop bets is here and it's called thrive fantasy forget the old school way of dfs thrive fantasy has streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top tier athletes that means no more salary cap you just build your lineup around a list of prop bets here's how it works for each contest you choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that value if the prop is correct. So for example, if Tom Brady throws for over or under 250 yards, the less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth. You build your team, score around the amount of correct prop bets you select. It's easy to play, so just check out the Thrive Fantasy link in the description of this podcast and get in the game with Thrive Fantasy today. I want to get into industry stuff because all of us have uh, navigated as freelancers in this game. Mm-hmm. How uh, many gigs have you had in the last few years? <sighs> well, I mean, count. so I, I I posted about this recently Dexter's on Twitter. Dexter's got like Twitter. 30. I have... <laughs> Not a true number, but... No, I, I think listen, it is listen. a true number. <laughs> Wait, how many gigs have I had in my career? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that number. It's probably it a thirty. Be, it might be like 30. Look, I've already had fifteen. I okay. <laughs> I, so I quit my full time job uh, a month. That a was year, a, a year. Yep, a year. And today's Sunday. A year and three days ago. Which was 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 I was senior editor with oh, my title editor, at the post right, game. At the yeah. post game. Right. So in that time, and I have I don't know senior how senior editor guys, at twenty six. I mean, I just kind of said, hey, could I be? Could I move up from? Uh, 
from associate to senior. Yeah, whatever. Like it oh, was, okay. it was in tight. It wasn't, trust me, it wasn't uh, in Yeah, salary. I mean, it look, if you, if, if you could uh, get it, I mean, shoot. Uh, you just had that name. It was like, yeah, it was like, oh, look at this, you. you know, look, which man. by the way, things happen on, you see things on LinkedIn, you know, take, take everything with a grain of salt. I mean, amen to that. Listen, we yes. look, we've seen senior titles get passed around a little more yes. frequently these days. Point, so, point taken. This so, so in that last year, and so I have, I don't know how you guys do it. I have an Excel spread or a Google sheet spreadsheet that okay. I have everything from the last year. Like every time I do something, I try to, I have like the months and I have the company because I want to also keep, I got to keep track for tax purposes. So it's right? kind of like a, a personal, a personal so resume. That's almost. what I do for that. I don't look at it as a resume. I look at it as I'm trying to keep track of how much I'm getting paid and oh. who, who owes me money. Oh, wait, wait. Who owes me I money? Ha- and hold who, on. Uh, I have one of those on a Microsoft document. The name of the document is just a dollar sign. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> So, <laughs> which I, I'm sure doesn't surprise you at all. Doesn't Dexter. surprise me at all. I'm but also yes. glad you guys and are literally doing, you guys are doing the right it thing. lists the uh, it lists all the company, how much I've made, how much I'm owed, all that stuff. So, so I, fellow I, freelancers out there, that's yeah. a, it's a good thing to do. Or independent contractors, listen, do yeah. that. So I would say that I would say in that document, I probably have about 25 entities of some sort that I've had a conversation with that it looked like I could get paid something for Mm. and probably 10 to 15 in the last year I've done something for now some of that is I did one article you know Mm -hmm. some of it like yeah like that counts like the 2k league stuff which is probably the bulk of things in the last year is is a lot more you know those numbers are there's a lot more digits in what I'm putting in there right than than some other stuff but I have probably dipped my feet into 10 to 15 different pools in the last year. There's some things that like, you know, I've done background production help, right? I've written for I for one uh, conference sort of panel event I did kind of for the for them I organized every single panel and topics and things like that. I didn't flaunt that on social media cuz frankly that's not what I want to do, but right. it, it it was a nice, you know, 2 to 3 weeks of work that helped me that month when I had a dead time. So you got to be hustling around and doing all, the, you know, the, that extra stuff and everything. To me, everything adds up. And to me in freelance, it is like, so I took this jump a year ago and I said, and the two, you know, there was stuff going on with the 2K League and there was stuff that I, I had so many conversations with people were like, yeah, we should work together sometime. And I knew I had an exclusive contract. And I said, I'm 25. Like, when am I going to, if I don't take this chance now, when am I going to do it? So, so I, I said, look, so, I lived, when I left St. Francis, it was the same thing. You gotta be, and it was, it was about a year ago also. Well, I think you're, you're also interesting cause you did it right out of college. My mentality was two I, years after. Okay. Cause I yeah. built up my, I tried to build up my network. I tried to go to every single networking event I could, mm-hmm. you know, connect with everyone. It was the same formula. Meet. Here's my business card. Connect on every form of social, you mm-hmm. know, but not be too creepy. Don't go too, don't go <laughs> yeah. rush in. Like, I just, I like just, don't you know. do, don't do Facebook until just, you're really, no. you know. I just do the Twitter handle. Twitter, 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 I, Twitter, maybe, Twitter maybe, maybe Instagram, maybe Instagram. Instagram. Try to do LinkedIn. But probably so, I, so I did all that. And then I said to myself, I was like, I feel like I have reached a point where I have enough connections out here that I can make a living for the next year. And this is, you know, and, and even doing it after yeah. a few months, I was like, I don't want to raise kids on this one day. Like, you know, it's a scary sort of oh, yeah. world. And and it's it's something that has tested me in the last year mentally more than I think anything has. Same, because sometimes bro. you're like, like I tell people, June and July, my most lucrative months. I was like, I'm killing it. And in the back of my head, I was like, "This stuff's gonna run out soon, yep. right?" Because yep. we were doing, so we were doing the DraftKings MSG show. Oh yeah, and I was doing the 2K <laughs> league. And in my head, I'm like, "But this is gonna run out." And then, 
August, I took a, a week. I was like, I'm going on vacation. I Which had is such nice a great that you time. Can do when you can freelance. Great so thing, nice. great thing that you could do. And then I came back, and I was like, I knew there was, you know, kind of. And August and September ended up being my least lucrative months. You know, since college, I had my two most lucrative months, and then my two least lucrative yes. months. Yes. And it's something that you have to understand, like that you're not. And I, I, was, I remember I went for a run one day, and I'm walking down the street, and kids got out of school. I'm like, those kids made as much as I did today. You know, Yo. like, Yo. and and, and there's little things <laughs> like that, that that you think, but then but then something hits, and you're like, you realize you know, you were working towards something and you realize that you have to also make yourself available to get certain things. You yeah. know, there, there are so many things and that a lot of your friends don't understand that. Well, there were certain things <laughs> that, that I, I couldn't get when I was full time mm-hmm. that I had conversations. It's like, no, nah, man, like if you're Yo. going to be exclu- if there's too much of this legal stuff with exclusive exclusivity, yeah. I'm getting that pronouncing that right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's too much with your schedule, not you can't, you know, do st- say stuff in advance. So I'm like, I need to just give this a go and make myself available and try to. And the other th- cool thing, and I know I'm getting long winded here. The other fun. cool thing with me was that I was like every so many areas that I haven't gotten into. I want to get into now. Yes. Like there are so many things. So so I circled esports as something where I'm like, I can do more of e- esports, sports betting slash slash fantasy. I can do more of that now. We haven't even touched on this, but golf was something that I was like, I'm a golfer. I recognize that golf is always looking for young talent that that you know has a little more personality and can bring some into the game. Like not as dry like, as what we normally get. Yeah, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna say anyone. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna say anybody's name. But golf is a very. I did a golf way. episode well, of DraftKings tonight with him. He did. He did. I you actually. I you? No pun intended. I teed him up. Yeah, you didn't see this. I didn't no. show you this. Yeah, he, I did. Yeah, I I introduced the topics. Golf? I hosted oh, it man. and all that I stuff. Was, and I and I was like Jeff, I find that, Tiger Woods, I, Phil I Mickelson, find that who's gonna do better at the Masters? Oh, you. Gotta, I know you gotta, like gotta, Dustin Johnson. This. Okay, it pull was, this up for it me. Was at, uh, <laughs> right it was at uh, it was at the so the reason so the my co-host was Alex Myers from Golf Digest. He yeah, was okay. there at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Yeah. So Pebble Beach is like mm-hmm. I explained it. It's like the Madison Square Garden of golf. So there's if you look at it, it's. Brian and I with a green screen behind us with the course behind us yeah, and we're talking about color, stuff. So it's, yeah. uh, I said a friend who shoot does video for the PGA. He was, he was shooting this. Pebble this Beach year. is my mm-hmm. favorite course in PGA Tour 2006. <laughs> See, it always so. comes back to a video. Listen, that's him. how people always. learn but that, but, about but so listen, many things though. That, but I'm going to tell you something. How much soccer do you know from FIFA? Oh my God. Like, yo, this is how I learned about the salary cap though. Like, no lie. Making <laughs> no, trades. No, that's dope. That's making dope trades in this, NBA yeah. Live. Like, I was trying to get Amari Stoudemire. I was using the Knicks in 2005. I was trying to get Amari Stoudemire of the Knicks uh, and I was trying to use Channing Fry, and I was like wait the salaries don't match so how do I put a rookie deal. maybe I could use Nate Robinson yeah. and no I like Nate Robinson because we're now he short. thinks he's a GM you know what I'm saying everyone does they after really. playing after playing a, you know a few oh games. I could legit be so. in the front office so you're doing, you're doing so you're doing the I, that's a, the Knicks for sure for oh, you're doing wow. you're doing the, the golf uh thing so I was, I was doing golf stuff too and, and with golf I look at it as um you know especially I learned in a marketing class once the most impressionable age is 13 to 21, right? Because that's when people, uh, that's when k- kids, teenagers, mm. they might create brand loyalty for life. I had just a joke, because but I'm just going to keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep that one to yourself. Um, <laughs> with golf, because people just like, you know, your body starts breaking down maybe, yeah. or you start paying attention to more golf because it's just a slower sport and you're more relaxed on the weekend stuff like 25 to 35 is more of that impressionable age so i also see it as like um you know i've been into golf my whole life but now i especially like i see my friends 
getting it who never gave a crap about golf are now paying attention. So I find it, you know, interesting that there's there's a conversation more around our age than there yeah. was for something like esports, which gambling helps so much. that too. Gambling, gambling helps, helps a lot of everything that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on yes, this that, podcast. Is, that, is, that think, is true. But think about it: 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't a lot of fantasy analysis being done, and now there's a whole new avenue for that that we've taken advantage of. Yeah, actually, which, you know, I, I think when I hear you say all this stuff with freelancing, it's great that you're freelance. One thing I'll say about freelancing is I think it allows you to do something you said, which is take advantage of all the opportunities that you can that can further your career and look at different ways that you can go. So you're not just linear. You're not like, hey, I'm just the esports guy, right? Like you well, don't just want to be that. You yeah, want to do but, do more than And that. you also mentioned that like we well we were talking about this not too long ago where you saw after July mm-hmm. the storm was coming. Oh yeah. And this is what I prepped for when I was doing side hustle. I was like, all right, I'm gonna fit I'm gonna put start putting this together in these months, finish it in August and it'll be out all out August and September. And I knew once that ended, I was like, all right. Because the U.S. Open was still earlier that month, so I was there covering that. But once Side Hustle ended in September, I was like, October's not going to be a good month, man. No. <laughs> and there's no preparing you for that in freelancing sometimes. Like even when you see it, it's it's mental toughness. It's, it's getting through it, the days, and understanding, like you said, that what you're working towards, even the small things you're doing or – the things you're not paid as much for is getting you to where you have to go. So that's kind of, I think what I can say as a freelancer, if somebody did it for a long time, just did where it was my only thing. Yeah. Oh, it's mentally tough, man. Yo. Mentally, well, I mean, I've never. The mental I, part of it he, is harder. Here's the difference between, I've never had a full-time job yet. Like still to this day. I, I still for a long time one. without it. So. I, have, I haven't had one yet because St. Francis, I was part-time. Um, other gigs that I've had were either part time freelance W nine. You know, how but see, it is. I th- I actually think it's harder. Like, to, I think it's harder to do what Jeff did. Yeah, I think it's harder to come from having something full time like you did out of school, feeling that sense of security and be saying, oh, you know what? Well, let me. I'll be comfortable here. But you said no. Let me jump and be a little bit uncomfortable. What? How I felt was that I wanted to go above and beyond and work hard, and I wasn't getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. And that was the part that drove me. Where I was like, also, you know, how how often are you going to be in your 20s feeling like you can just grind it out and yeah. that you don't have any obligations? Like you're not – there's no one There's no one you're rushing home to. There's no – you don't have a – you're not providing for a family. Like yeah. you can go as much as possible. So for me, I was like yeah. – And if you're a wild boy, you could just wind up with a kid and all that has to be different. <laughs> then you know life, life, life like, changes real quick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Jeff's like, that's not going to be me. I was like, oh, Use condoms, kids. Use condoms. <laughs> I So I, I just saw like – like yeah it was the scary part was you know there were certain things that i like a lot of times i i don't i don't plan anything people are like can you do this in a month i'm like i don't know i don't know what Yo, I'm gonna be yeah doing that all day. the time like i, I have no I idea i get asked that all the all the time see but, like <laughs> i want to be ready if something comes up exactly um, because it's like yo what are you doing on uh the 29th or whatever if it's not work then I'm usually like, I don't know yet. I'll like get back to you. If it's not like we're going to do the podcast or, uh, you know, if it's not a gig like, yo, MSG wants me to come in a certain date, then yeah, okay, cool. But mm-hmm. if it's like to chill, to go to this, or yes. even if it's a wedding and, you it's know, hard whatever. To plan stuff. And it's hard to even take certain things and work because you don't know if you take that and then something else. Comes oh, yeah. Be better, no, especially like, uh. if it's going to give you like a few hundred that day or whatever it is or even more. It's hard. It's hard. To, that's another part of the mental toughness too, right? It's like hard trying to weigh that in and there's pressure on that because you're also like, well, I need to take this because I need to eat and I need to keep this yes. kind of money train going. But 
I don't know how that's going to work. And it's on, on your thing. Well, he was about like when you're doing well freelancing, like we learned over the summer, you got to kind of tell yourself like, all right, don't don't think that this is going to be the cash flow every month. Oh, yeah. You know, and don't get, spend get, it all now. It, and start, the IRS knows. <laughs> <laughs> like, start, start. Trust me, I ain't this. ready for tax season, bro. Start. start. <laughs> well, we're going to have a we're going to have a tax day. Me and you, we're going to have to do these on together. All right, let's um, go They're Like you start thinking. Okay, this is my what I'm making two months here, but really I should be thinking of this is what I'll make in three months. Yep. Yeah. And spread it out, and then okay, that's fine. I'm fine. Like I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm not through the roof. Yeah. But I'm fine. So I think that like I've learned that. The other thing I, I just want to touch on. Is yeah. Sure. The the doing multiple things, and so I, I appreciate Bro. that. Like you're saying that I'm I'm keeping myself versatile like i'm not just doing esports i'm doing sports betting gambling i'm doing golf i think that's literally the best thing you could be doing well because i get some people are like why don't you stick to someone or some people say you know specialists are the people that 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 you hear you hear it a lot just specialize in one thing and to me no don't put me in a box (laughs) that's the thing i I hate that i just think they're wrong period and the reason i'll say they're wrong i'll let you finish your point the reason i think they're wrong jeff it's a it's communal is it's not even just about special journal. Let's just, I'll put it like this. Journalism is no longer about specialization. If you believe that you're lost. Yes. The game has gone so far from specialization. The game needs more people like Brian and you and, you know, my and even myself. Yeah, yeah. And you say no, yourself. No, 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 because you're I, at a weather channel no. with a sports background. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And there's, there's value. I got to be his hype right? man sometimes. But it's also but it's also I remember telling him when he graduated college. OK, yeah, you have to learn to be good in the air and do a podcast as you can do too or write or be on camera. You know, when I was just, I just wanted to do broadcasting mm-hmm. like you coming to school, but I never just said I wrote at the paper at school. Mm-hmm. I did radio. All these things mattered to me doing what I'm doing today. Of course. So yes, the people who are telling you just to specialize in one thing, I'm sure they mean well. But I think they're wrong. I think they're completely and, and wrong. And if you were to specialize in one thing, you probably wouldn't have been able to do 2K League and DraftKings. No. You might have got boxed in. And that. And that. I would you get know? boxed in. And I said, you know, maybe I'd have a few thousand more Twitter followers because, like, people That's would be like, okay, you're the guy. I'm really interested in this, and you're the guy for that. But I've lost some Mets fans recently for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, <laughs> I'm sure you have. But the long-term the long-term potential, if you have more – are more is more – if you're more versatile, is there. So, yes. you know, and for me, I, I felt like it's, okay, maybe there is, maybe there'll be a time one day where I'm like, all right, this is the field that I am really need to focus more of my energy to. But yeah. to me, still being young, as I want to keep my options as open as possible. So I'd rather, and listen, you got to go the extra mile. That's the thing. Like, maybe you just want to do basketball and you can just focus on basketball. But if you want to do basketball, football, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you know, esports. You might have to work a little harder yeah. to understand all that, or, but it, but the, there's an investment of your time. Into amen, that. amen to that. Or if you just want to tell stories and you don't care what the sport yeah. is. Well, that's good. That's, that's you know, that's the thing too. It's like I, yeah, sure, okay, basketball is probably my main sport, but then I also like MMA and boxing anything and violence. wrestling and anything with violence and some baseball. <laughs> I kind of like football. I just the NFL, you know, whatever. We'll get to that. But these one, are all second. but these are all things that you would want to cover. Why do you have to box yourself into one thing just to just to please whatever your Twitter follower base is? No, and it it's gonna open you up to more. And also I, I think one thing I just want to harp back on that Jeff said in in this podcast is that you you know, and I thought that he was open minded about the esports to see where it was going. But one thing I loved was that it's kind of the way I look at journalism. I'm a, I love sports. 
but I'm a storyteller first. I am into the stories and the stories that can be told around it. I wouldn't be telling weather stories or combining weather and sports stories if I didn't think the stories were good there. Yes. And I think when that drives you, so I want to give kudos to Jeff, I think when that drives what you do, it makes you a better journalist, right? Because it's for you, it's about the stories first, and it's just going to lead you into the right direction with whatever you do. And if you keep that energy, it's going to work out all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to work out all right. And one last question on this freelance fund. Um, now that you're neither neither you're in this world, yeah. do you want to go back to full time anytime soon or whatever? I don't I don't want to anytime soon. Um, you know, I love the having my options open. And yeah. I love the the opportunity to jump on something and to meet I've met so many people in the last year because you're not showing up and seeing the same people every day. Like you yes. tr- you parachute in and you see someone, you meet someone. And by the way, this is just like career advice for people out there. Like someone you know, invest your time in people that like if you meet someone doing one thing three years later, that person's going to be somewhere else. And now all of a sudden you're covering ground in multiple areas. And if they like what you did here, then maybe they're working actually for, you know, a a network or a a publisher that you really want to work for. And who knows where they end up being. So I've just, I thought my network was big. And then in the last year I've had the opportunity to build it even more just by meeting people, like being in places that I never would have imagined I'd be in. And so I want to keep doing that. Like I said, you know, you have to monitor yourself and you have to know your worth and you have to know kind of be be a realist about things. And it's seeing like where my life takes me. You know, if, if one day a network wants to pay me X amount to do three different sports that they're doing and just keep me exclusive and I have a family and stuff like, you know, then, then that might be, all right, let's do it. You know, I got an office to go to every day and put pictures of my kids up and stuff like that. Like this might feel better than me spending, you know, hustling random hours and, you know, going through this, this life that we're going through. And also, and also healthcare because America sucks. I will, I will tell you real quick that the free, one thing about freelancing yeah. Um, as you get older, you realize it's a young man's sport. Oh yeah. No. I sound old saying well, but, that now. I mean, but, but look, you, that's you why we're doing it. Now. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> exactly. Which is why I do it while you're young. You can't yeah. do it in the same way. Like I still freelance and take other gigs, and I'm like the way I can. I guess I like the way I can do it now and move around it, even though sometimes it can be exhausting with what I do. But at least I think about when it was just what I was doing. Doing it now at 36 and being a father, it would it's different. You still want yeah. to do it for a good part of my That's life. That's true. So yeah, you've seen me do it, um, and it's just it's it's tough. So the With great a daughter too. the great thing I think Jeff is saying too is like yeah, go for it while you're young. Do it while you're young. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. It's and like, that's great. Well, that's why I asked that because you know we're in a similar boat, and I'm like. I mean, I would something full time, but it has to be right. Like yeah, it just has to be you right. Have to- My main thing, with more more than that, is just general stability. That's what it is. All right, we're going to wrap things up for episode 99. Nah, nah. Uh, we do a thing, Jeff, where if you don't know, uh, 99, we take a number of an athlete who's worn 99, and we pick them for the cover of our artwork. Okay. So Brian always goes through the list of this. this Brian, is, this, is the, this is the second this to last time long, we're doing this. This is a long list. Yeah, we're going to start what's with... Your, what's your sport, by the way? What's your favorite sport? Oh, man. I, I would I would probably say the, say basketball. Okay, because okay, I'm, so I'm intrigued to where you're leaving on this. Players. Okay, go ahead. All right, I'm going to go through these quickly. Turk Wendell, Jason Taylor, Warren Sapp, J.J. Watt, Juvenile, Dan Hampton, Mark Gassineau, because you know, 9-9-2000. I, I got it. Uh, Aaron Donald, Jay Crowder, Taco Fall... George Mikan, who I didn't know wore 99, Darko Milicic, Manny Ramirez, Aaron Judge, Hyunjin Ryu, Wayne Gretzky. There's only one 99, man. <laughs> it's I, Wayne know, Gretzky, I know, man. It's I know. Great. I'm not even a big Eric Ogbongu. 
We no. should play for the Jets. <laughs> Stop it. It's Wayne Gretzky, man. It's got. I got to give my vote to Wayne Gretzky. It's Wayne Gretzky's the most famous ninety-nine out there. I yeah. mean, I knew you were going to read off a lot of defensive players. Like Which, I <laughs> hold on. Which Wayne Gretzky? Because that matters. Yo, There's you got to rock with the Edmonton Oilers, man. Okay. Got There's to. There's been four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go saying. with the Edmonton Oilers. Got to. I'm just saying. Got to. Are no. you with? Are you? I was. I, I thought you were going to say the Rangers, like we're in New York, but the Oilers is the the classic. Yeah, classic. Like, one. I would go with the. I'd go the white too. If, uh, okay, we get that. I feel like that's white the cleanest. Uniform, the yeah. cleanest. I like the clean Edmonton Oilers yeah. jerseys. Okay, so. damn, no votes for juvenile. Nah, man. All right, fine. No, no, no. We we got we got to go. We got to go. Okay, I respect Warren, but Warren Sapp. I'm like I'm thinking about it a little bit. <laughs> new, yeah, new ending segment coming soon, guys. Yes. Wait till we get to uh, the hundreds. The hundreds. We got new stuff mm. coming. All right, Jeff. We want to thank you. We had a great discussion about esports. Two yeah. K uh, League. You can check out Jeff um, on MSG Networks. 2K League Insider. Please at Jeff Eisenband. At Twitter, Jeff Eisenband. Yeah. On Twitter and Instagram. Please check out his work. It's fantastic. I'm going to be following. I learned so much from this discussion. So thank me, you, man. Me, oh, wait. One last. On the, on the weather point. Yeah, okay. I'm just thinking about this because we were talking about Ravel before. Yeah. Sports weather. That might be your corner. Well, that's what I'm doing now. I, I've been doing a lot of sports okay. weather stories. That's kind of my, my niche. Yeah. We, we I'm going to send you some of the stuff like, I've done. Like I'm thinking, we can also I'm talk thinking, about that I'm off thinking air. it's like, yeah, we'll talk about this off air. We'll talk about it off air, but I've done like a bunch of sports. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my niche of what I do mm-hmm. that nobody else is doing. Ah, mm. yeah. Somebody should, somebody should take note of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it for episode 99 of A Hotel Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe uh, to us. Also, remember to follow Jeff Eisenman. You can follow us. Uh, please be sure to rate, leave us a review, follow our content, extra content that we have on Patreon. That's it for Jeff Eisenman, for Brian Fonseca. Until next time, I'm Dexter Henry. Peace.